Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show and Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Isn't it good that we started off with the best Raw I've ever seen? That's not true, but we will talk about it. Uh, Let's get some stuff out of the way first. Many people said, Simon, why didn't you do a show last week, especially given everything that had happened with Brody Lee? And the simple truth of the matter was I didn't want to. Uh, That sounds terrible in many ways, but it's... Look, I don't like taking grief away from people who... You know, the friends and the family of Brody Lee or Luke Huber, uh, so John uh, John Huber, whoever knew him for real, you know, I don't want to even pretend that whatever they experienced came close to whatever I experienced because it's not. Of course it's not. I was just a fan that happened to have an association with him because I saw him on television most weeks. But due to things in my own life, which we don't get into here, I don't think it's important. And just the way it made me feel, it was like, well, we can't do a show about anything else. I'll tie it into some of my what culture work. If you watch me on there, you may have seen that a lot of my content was was Luke Harper, Brody Lee, John Huber focused. And that's because I have a quota of videos I do for what culture every single week. I'm very lucky to have this deal. But what else were we going to talk about, right? Like some people are, oh, you talked about it too much. I'm like, man, damn trolls. This is when it gets really bad. But what else were we going to talk about? It would be disrespectful to me if we had just carried on as usual. That would, I, I just think that's completely wrong. Um, you have to adapt and you have to talk about what the the topical events are and my word what was more emotional and what was more hard-hitting than that but when it came to my podcast which is a little bit more personal you know me just sat in my lounge as I am now talking into my microphone microphone I just didn't have any I didn't have the words (laughs) to be completely honest and I thought to myself sometimes it is better to err on the side of caution and just sit back and let things play out the good news is as you can see we've gone line on a Tuesday today Uh, I always said I was going to do this that one guy that got really mad at me I told him this would happen he didn't believe me Uh, we're going to try and do Tuesdays and Thursdays now the worst case scenarios is we just go back to well we'll go back to we get at least one episode a week and the best case scenario is we get two and more often than not we are going to get two I thought Tuesdays and Thursdays were good because because on Tuesdays we can talk about Raw and whatever pay-per-views have gone down. And on Thursdays we can wrap up everything with Dynamite NXT and look forward to other pay-per-views that may be happening at the weekend. Uh, on the you know on, on the note of John Huber, I think it's... I've never seen such outpouring on social media. Again, some of the awful replies that I got, well, you must not have been around for Eddie Guerrero. I can't stand it when people compared tragedies. was not what I was saying by any stretch of the imagination. But when he passed away, social media didn't exist or it was in its infancy. This is the first time I can remember that a guy passed away. And I'm sure there's others that maybe I haven't seen, but that kind of you know ties into this too. But a guy in wrestling that has passed away way too soon in absolutely tragic circumstances and the sheer outpouring of love and the, you know, the coming together, the camaraderie, Camadre, camadre, I can't say that word, the camaraderie, can't say it, <laughs> there you go, but all of that stuff was moving, it was incredible, and it all you know, it made it absolutely harder, because clearly he, was a, he wasn't just a good dude, he was a super good dude that thought about others first, and you know, was an example of how we could all try and live our lives a little bit better. There's nothing else that I can say here that hasn't already been said, other than, of course, thoughts and everything else, positive vibes to his to his friends and family, his acquaintances, to AEW, to the WWE wrestlers, you know, everybody that was affected by this. And I hope we don't just forget about it. I think that sometimes, and I'm guilty of this as well, like we should always bring up the names of Shad Gaspard and other people that I'm not thinking of now, which is kind of kind of my point. And 
Now, someone also said, oh, what's the difference between this and the Pat Patterson death? The Pat Patterson death was terrible, but he was, a, he was an elderly man. And sadly, that's just something that we all have to accept at one point. But you do not expect an active, physically fit professional wrestler to pass away from 41, especially when the illness sort of comes a week or so after he's had arguably the best match of his career. And then, you know, a few months later has tragically passed away. You know, that is uh, a far more of a knockout blow. Uh, It doesn't mean it's any worse or any better. It just affects you differently. But... You know, I mean, we'll dedicate this episode to to John Huber, of course. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. But I think all the little things that we can do uh, are important. And I re- it's not going to make a difference because I've already seen the internet. But it would have been great if the rhetoric of this guy versus that guy or company versus company had died down a little bit. But it won't. I don't know why people need to get on that high horse. But look, if that's how you want to enjoy professional wrestling, then I suppose more power to you. Um, I just don't care. I just don't care. I watch wrestling to be distracted. I watch wrestling to be sports entertained. Vince McMahon would get a, a, a good one out of that. Especially over here, you know, transitioning out of that, especially over here in the UK at the moment. We are now back in our third lockdown. Everything is closed. Not allowed to leave the house other than like an hour for a day. Back lifting weights on my floor. So it's nice to have the distraction of professional wrestling. And even though, like I say, this week's Raw was garbage. <laughs> I mean, it was. I can still take elements out of it that were fun and that can make me laugh like I just did. When Raw ended, I saw, it didn't happen over here on Sky, but I saw the clip from the USA Network when Goldberg pushed over Drew McIntyre and it instantly went to a commercial for the Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin show. Oh, laughed out loud and actually said, what are they doing? Why can't they get this right? And look, that's not good in the grand scheme of things, but for someone, like I say, of all the things we just went over, I, it brought me joy. It really, really, really did. So anyway, we've done that. We, there's there's a look to the future. Um, otherwise, you know the whole deal. Shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting the show. I appreciate it. Check me out on YouTube. Search for Simon Miller. One day we will return to twitch.tv for Simon316, probably quite soon. So if you want to get in that bed, you so can. Uh, SimonMiller.bigcartel.com. For, uh, that was it. Simon Miller. I can't even think of my big cartel. Just, I don't know what it is. Who even cares? I have a merch thing. I think it's SimonMiller.bigcartel.com. That doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> I've gone absolutely crazy. Uh, otherwise, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows what's going on? Shout out to my patrons. Patreon.com forward slash Simon 316. So many people stuck with me through one of the worst financially, you know, struggling years in forever. And they're still with me now. Um, and your continued support allows me to now double this back down to, to two episodes a month. A week, sorry. Uh, eight episodes a month. So thank you to all of you. I appreciate every single one. Let's talk about Goldberg, right? Let's keep it topical. Let's keep a, Let's keep our fingers on the pulse. I'm kind of in two worlds about this, as you will have known already if you watch my Ups and Downs show. I don't mind Goldberg coming back. I really, really, really don't. He just has to lose. That's it. And I actually think WWE are treating it quite well if he was going to come back anyway, because it's not at WrestleMania. Like, who else was Drew McIntyre going to face at the Royal Rumble? There's no one massively that we're desperate to see. I'd like to have seen it being Keith Lee, but we've just done that match, and we know what WWE is like. They're not going to do that again. The only confusion was everything he was saying was clearly aimed at somebody like Roman Reigns. So I don't know whether there's been a shift or they've changed their minds. What I believe to have happened, and this is complete speculation on my end, is that it was meant to be Roman versus Goldberg at WrestleMania. Vince McMahon has now decided to do Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which I'm much more for. It meant that there was a spot open for Roman Reigns at Raw Rumble. They decided to go for a third time round with Kevin Owens, which I'm also okay with. But then they had Goldberg, like we've got to do something with him because we want to. He has a contract. Why don't we put him with Drew? 
Hence why he comes out and says, you don't respect the legends. You don't respect me. You think you can beat all of us. It's far more pertinent if he is talking to our tribal chief. It's far more pertinent if he's talking to someone like Randy Orton. That was the real issue they had. It was the writing of Raw which really sort of pulled the wool over our eyes. Because Randy Orton had spent the entire evening going, this legend sucks and that legend sucks. And Big Show, you suck. And Mark Henry, you suck. So you thought there was going to be some kind of payoff and there wasn't. If the payoff had been Goldberg confronting him and yelling at him, you're like, okay, it makes sense. But when he comes out and says, Drew McIntyre doesn't respect the legends, it's almost like, you know, two bits of paper got merged together and we all got confused. Now, if the story is meant to be that Goldberg is actually kind of more of an edgy character, more of a bad guy character, and he's just going after Drew because he wants the championship, then that's fine. But you have to have the awareness to not put it on the same show. We've just done that with Randy Orton because, of course, it's going to confuse people. Um, and it shouldn't even need that much explanation. But I don't mind Goldberg versus Drew at the Royal Rumble. Again, it's, Drew just has to win. That's it. Drew McIntyre beating Goldberg, who do not forget, has still not lost that much in his career. And I mean, I, I will miss some here. But obviously, you know, he lost to Kevin Nash. He lost to Brock Lesnar. He lost to Braun Strowman, which is a weird one. And there's, there's lots of other ones, but it's minimal. Like, he's not a guy that ever lost a lot because, of course, his whole thing was the streak. So they go in there. And Drew McIntyre is going to be able to have a better match with him than Bray Wyatt did. And obviously, The Undertaker did we know about that. So if they can have a really good match, which I truly believe that Goldberg is capable of in the ring with someone like Drew, and Drew McIntyre beats him with a Claymore, one, two, three, and we make sure we double down on that as a big deal, beating a legend, I think it really helps Drew McIntyre. I really, really do. I think it cements his legacy as the WWE champion, as the top guy in the company, or the top good guy in the company, the face of Raw, whatever you want to call it. Now, the worry, and I totally understand this as well, is that we have Sheamus waiting in the wings. Clearly, they are going to do a Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre feud, maybe at WrestleMania. The other question now, of course, is, you know, is the, is the belt going to be on the line? Or is Sheamus going to cost him the match against Goldberg? And you don't want to do that. It rubbed too many people the wrong way when he beat Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia or wherever the hell they were, uh, especially because that match wasn't very good. And Drew McIntyre just doesn't need that right now. Like, this isn't a character... Like, even with The Fiend, The Fiend had gone through some controversial times because of Hell in the Cell 2019, right? It knocked him off his perch. He should have just beaten Seth Rollins, and then we got to the other Saudi Arabia show, and he did beat Seth Rollins. And everyone's like, oh, man, this has been so... Well, we just walked the wrong pathway here that we've negated it. We've watered it all down. That's not the case with Drew McIntyre right now. In fact, Drew McIntyre lost to Randy Orton and still found a way to get the belt back and didn't lose any of his moxie whatsoever. He also has fan support universally. I rarely hear people... There's always one. One guy can't help it on Reddit. But there's always one guy who just wants to say... They hate everyone. They could become the WWE champion. They'd have a problem with it. They'd go on squared circle and go, I can't believe I'm the WWE champion. I am blah, blah, blah. So I, that's my only concern. And the reason that I'm hesitant is because I would have said there's no way that Bray Wyatt would have lost to Goldberg, and he did. But I still think the management sees Drew McIntyre at a very, very different level to Bray Wyatt. I truly do. Hence why when Bray Wyatt was the eater of worlds, we were having the same kind of conversation. We haven't really had this conversation about Drew McIntyre ever since in January, a year ago. Somebody said he's going to win the Royal Rumble, he's going to beat Brock Lesnar, we're going to make him our guy. Drew McIntyre took the ball, and he hasn't dropped it, as far as I'm concerned. Wasn't a massive fan of everything he did with Hulk Hogan on Raw. I mean, amazing for him. You know, being a childhood hero, I thought it was a little bit awkward, a little bit weird. And I struggle to watch Hulk Hogan now. We don't want to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. We've talked about it before. But that is the key. The key is that Drew McIntyre wins. And as much as I love the Royal Rumble, and as much as it's my favorite pay-per-view, it still counts as number two in the list when compared to WrestleMania. And there's no one else for, there's no one else for him to fight. 
You could have built somebody up. And of course, that's always preferable than going back to the legends too much. But I still think this is a win-win all round if we are going to use Goldberg. And I like Goldberg. I'm not going to pretend. Otherwise, I enjoy him. And I always will. I was a big fan. And he's my dad. The Legends as a whole, though, we have, we have run this idea into the ground. And I think that was proven on Legends Night. If we're going to do it, we should only bring back two or three. I mean, if you tuned in to watch Ric Flair, just came out as a manager for his daughter. I don't think you got much out of that. Or I do think his interaction with Randy Orton was brilliant. I thought that was so well done. Uh, Big Show... He is a legend, but we've seen him a lot, so he doesn't really have that special factor. Mark Henry was injured, which I thought was really sad, making up beyond be on camera looking like that. Melina just shouted Lucha with the Lucha house party. Mickey James said nothing. Tatanka had to get changed and said nothing. Carlito and Candice Michelle couldn't even get in there because of travel issues. You just don't need to do it. I don't think it brings anything to the table. And I think we do have, I don't think it's going to help. Well, it may help ratings in the sense that Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair are on the show. But I thought it was, I don't like to use the term badly because that's too much, but we'll use it because why, you know, why skirt around the issue? I think this was such a bad episode of Raw with the use of this, uh, this contingent that next time people may not be as infused to tune back in. Like, it was a really smart idea to do the whole Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre thing at the end, because maybe you will get a few people to hang around, especially going into the Royal Rumble. And I thought the Keith Lee-Drew McIntyre WWE title match was great. The Spanish fly off the top blew my mind. I did get a little bit old wrestling fan. I was like, well, that should be the finish of the match. And it kind of should be, but who cares? We've seen much worse. But I didn't get much out of it. I didn't think... And the other problem was there was no coherent storytelling whatsoever. Like, you know, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce get another tag title match, kind, I mean, non-title, but against the tag champions. And they win because of a, you know, a mishap by Ric Flair. I doubt he's going to be on the show going forward as Charlotte's manager because you also kind of sent him away. So that's just done for the sake of today. Kind of a pointless. And it's just to justify giving them a tag title shot. I don't get why Shayna Baze is allowed to destroy Mandy Rose and then loses to Dana Brooke. Why can't she destroy both of them? Didn't even see Nia Jax. Angel Garza had a storyline that was kind of wrapped up when he lost because of the boogeyman. I mean, there was, I mean, AJ Styles took on Elias again. And I don't understand why that one blew my brain. Like, if somebody, if somebody wins comprehensively, you don't need to do it again because you have just established very, very clearly that he won. (laughs) It's like I'm trying to think of a poetic way to put it. There's not. I also thought starting the show with that bizarre H phone thing as if the smartphone was this brand new device. I think the smartphone came around. I'm going to type it in right now. We'll go with the iPhone. I'm sure that there were ones before that, or at least concepts, but the iPhone is the one that blew it all up. And the first iPhone came out in 2007. So we're 14 years ago. I didn't get it. I understand you want Hulk Hogan to start the show, but I it was lost on me. And hopefully it's just on me and you enjoyed it. And then, yeah, Miz TV, I mean... <sighs> I think the problem with Miz TV isn't the Miz or John Morrison on the New Day who are the guests. I think they're all great. But it's classic opening promo make a match. Opening promo make a match. It was nothing there. I didn't really necessarily think all the jokes hit. I also thought it was strange we had to get through all of that and a tag team match which where Miz and Morrison, Morrison kind of got their asses whipped before somebody went, oh, by the way, Alexa Bliss wasn't set on fire. I think it was 28 minutes before the big cliffhanger before where somebody went, oh, yeah, by the way, she's aight. <laughs> Although we didn't see her on the show. So maybe she's not. Maybe she's dead. Maybe Randy Orton stabbed her in the face and didn't burn her alive you just don't know shout out to randy orton though even with this bizarre material that he's given he is on absolute fire i think he makes everything work even with the dumb things that he has to say i really do think he's found his place he's found his niche he understands his character and that's really really important because you can again you can get away with things like this but i did think it was weird and if anyone look maybe i've forgotten something it happens a lot because i watch a lot of wrestling like today alone i have watched both raw and wrestle kingdom night two which i'm 
so happy with you know what a great life uh, what a great job i have right what a great thing to do but it does frazzle your brain a bit but why randy almost find jeff hardy i don't know <laughs> i don't know and he just beat him he just beat him jeff hardy loses all the time now not that it matters because he's jeff hardy and he's always going to get away with it but it was kind of it was kind of strange the other issue with the entire show was the amount of flub finishes i mean thankfully aj just won with the with the stars clash but Peyton royce and lazy evans obviously rick flair distraction Bobby Lashley versus Matt Riddle was bizarre. Like, Bobby Lashley won, and we, the audience, saw him win. But the referee didn't see Matt Riddle tapping out. And then he used the most devastating move in all of sports and just home and he gets to one, two, three. It doesn't help anybody. If anything, it just reminds me that Bobby Lashley is an absolute badass and nobody can beat him. Like, just because Matt Riddle now on the fictional record sheet has a win, yes, but I know he didn't win because I saw it. And why the hell do we have two back-to-back finishes? Back to, well, back-to-back, repeating myself there. I just And then, technically, Dana Brooke rolled up Shayna Baszler. So that's four roll-ups. If it wasn't for the Jeff Hardy match, I don't know what we would have done. Oh, man, it's just absolutely bizarre. And it was the same with the Hurt Business versus the Lucha House Party. For starters, if somebody came into my house right now, I say this all the time, but it's the best analogy, and put a gun to my head and said, Simon, right now, explain to me why we had that match. I'm getting shot. I'm getting shot because I don't know. I don't know why we had that match. Just because the Hurt Business need to have a tag team title match at the Raw Rumble, and Vince saw <laughs> the Lucha House Party, well, they'll do. And they won. And they won after distraction because Cedric Alexander kept blind tagging him in. Shelton Benjamin didn't like it. And they lost via the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. <laughs> I mean, it's just... The, the issue we have now is we can't get mad at WWE anymore, right? That happens after a while. We have now been told that if you are watching professional wrestling in WWE in order to get clean finishes or clean wins or solid victories, you are watching the wrong show. It's like if you tune into New Japan and you watch somebody fall on your head, fall on their head and you're astonished, you're crazy because they've made it very clear that they're going to drop on, they're going to fall on their heads until the cows come home. That's just what they like to do. But it doesn't make for good... It just makes you think you start every single match. And I know that I now check out a little bit more than I would have done otherwise because I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be some kind of stupid finish and nobody gets over and nobody progresses. And that's the that's the real problem we have here. Somebody needs to come in and start getting serious wins. I mean, I'll tell you who is doing it, Bobby Lashley. And now I think he's an absolute badass, even though I'm not meant to. There was a little thing backstage as well where he was pissed. And I think we were meant to be like, oh, screw you, Bobby Lashley. I was like, nah, Bob, I'm with you. <laughs> You, <laughs> you got this right. It's a straight... Like, that's the other thing as well. Do you need to have defined faces and heels? No, Shade of Grey is okay. But you have people like Charlotte Flair that I have absolutely no idea. I have no idea. She just, she just transitions. And it's not her fault. She's just doing what she's told. But she just transitions in and out and in and out. It's like, wow, that's really weird. <laughs> and it is weird. So no, I didn't think it was the best episode of Raw... I think there was too much of an emphasis on the legends, and I think there was too much of an emphasis on this big, oh, we'll do Goldberg versus Drew, and that will kind of save the day. But I don't think it did, because I didn't think the execution was very good. I do really hope it's a good match. I mean that, too. I really hope it's a good match, because I think it'll be good for Goldberg, you know, coming off the, some of the issues that he's had. I know they had that good one with Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, but still, you can never have too many of the good ones. And again, I do think Drew McIntyre winning helps him massively. So I hope they have a good match. I wish them no ill will, but I do understand why people are rolling their eyes. I don't want to get into the whole, well, Sting versus Goldberg. I don't care. I don't care if Sting becomes AEW champion. And that's going to send people nuts. I just don't. Maybe it's the best booked angle ever to the point you're desperate to see Sting win. It's all about 
you know, the, the situation that you find yourself in. And ultimately, I don't think Sting is going to become the AEW champion. But I'm never going to crap on anything before I know how, you know, I could probably tell you the story of, I don't know, Romeo and Juliet and go, oh yeah, two kids, they want to bang, but their parents wanted to bang, so they kill themselves. You're like, That's the worst story I've ever heard, Simon. Yes, but when you see it in motion, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And your heart cries and there's tears of joy and you know all these other stuff you can take away from it. Um, otherwise, just trying to catch up on other wrestling stuff. Uh, we should have talked about this at the start. The Brody Lee tribute show is one of the most perfect and horrible wrestling shows I've ever watched in my life. I don't think anybody could have got through that without at least shedding one tear. It was so sad, especially with, you know, Brody Jr. That's when you see a kid that not only having that good a time, but he also be like, well, he's clearly you know, devastated. He probably can't even get his head around it at the moment. I mean, who can? And his wife as well, Amanda. I just thought... It was the best and the worst of professional wrestling, right? Seeing everyone come together like that, but then knowing the reasons for it, it was, uh, you know, again, uh, tying into what some people say, oh, you shouldn't do an ups and downs for that. Can you imagine if we didn't? Can you imagine we hadn't done ups and downs and we just skipped it? I think that is a massive slap in the face. I really do, and I'm clearly willing to die on that hill, but... uh, yeah, and it kind of made the whole... Who even cares? I mean, NXT were building to this week anyway. NXT this week is actually really good. I can't... What are they calling it? New Year's Evil, I think they're calling it, or something like that. But they have an absolutely... They have a great uh, a great card, which I'm desperately trying to get up. I'm filling here. I'm filling, and I can't find it anywhere. It's, it's like, it's, I know you've got Kyle O'Reilly versus... Uh, Finn Balor for the title. And their first match was brilliant. I have no doubt that they go out of their way to make this one even more brilliant. So I can't, I genuinely can't wait for that. I think it's going to be absolutely, absolutely excellent. Do you know what? There may be a Wikipedia en- en- uh, entry for it because it's kind of like a mini. That's the coolest thing that I like about um, this uh, AEW, WWE thing, NXT thing is that now we do get these mini pay-per-views just on a Wednesday. I think it's really cool. I'm a big fan of them. But yeah, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT title. I, I don't think Finn Balor will lose. I don't think he should lose either. I think we need to have that big Karrion Cross match, but great match, no ways about it. Uh, Damian Priest uh, versus Karrion Cross. That's a difficult one because I haven't really jumped onto the Karrion Cross cruise, I'm going to call it, yet. So I'd like Damian Priest to win that. He's definitely not. Rhea Ripley's going to take on Rachel Raquel Gonzalez in Last Woman Standing. I mean, Rhea Ripley should win, but maybe she's going to the main roster, and you never know what WWE's going to do with her, let's face it. Uh, Grand Metalik, who has just popped up on NXT, is going after Santos Escobar in the NXT Cruiserweight title. That will be so good. It doesn't even matter who wins that, it'll be so good. And you've got Zia Lee versus Boa, who are also going to return. So there's a lot going on there. And of course, now we have the the AEW, they're calling it New Year's Bash? Is that what they're calling it? I've just typed in AEW Bear Years. <laughs> this is why you don't type and talk. Not that funny, Simon. Not that funny at all. New Year's Smash is what you're getting. you got the big Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix AEW World title match. It's going to be good. I also think that Sheeda versus Abaddon is going to be awesome for the AEW women's title. I really like Abaddon as a character, and we know what Sheeda can do. Jake Hager versus Wardlow also should be good. You know, two big pieces of meat kicking ass, and uh, I think the story there is really, really good. Uh, Young Bucks and SCU taking on the Acclaimed and the Hybrid 2. That is just a perfect eight-man tag. And you've got Cody Rhodes versus Matt Seidel, and Cody Rhodes doesn't have bad matches, and Matt Seidel's really talented. So you've got a great Wednesday you got a great Wednesday there. There's no two ways about it. I'm very, I'm looking forward to it. And always, I'll, I'll watch both because that's the thing you can do in 2021, especially. 2021 has all the technology. So why people get so mad, I have absolutely no clue. Um, also, in terms of results that we just had, Wrestle Kingdom. I've just finished watching. Literally before this, I have just sent Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 over to What Culture, my ups and downs. 
I thought both nights were great. I mean, my favorite matches were probably Okada versus Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb versus Shingo, and I think I either of the Naito, uh, sorry, either of the Ibushi matches were pretty good. It depends on on how you look at it. I think the best match over the two nights was Okada versus Will Ospreay. I just think it was so good. You know, it, it didn't surprise you in, in in a massive way because they just did what those two guys do. But it's just, I just. Akada to me, and I know I sound like everybody in, in the wrestling community, but he's 32 years old. And the first five to ten minutes of his matches are okay, but they're a little bit like, yeah, well, I don't really care. And then the rest of it, it's like the first five to ten minutes feel like seven hours, and then the last ten to twenty minutes feel like 30 seconds. And I suppose you need that first bit to make the second bit work, but how he's able to do it over and over again. And he's so complex, but he's so simple at the same time. Like his three moves are a drop kick, a sleeper, and a clothesline. And yet when he hits them, he gets a reaction, he's got them over, and that's by investing time in them. So I think it's absolutely, I thought it was a great show all around. It lacked the usual Wrestle Kingdom magic. It's not their fault. They didn't have a crowd and so on and so forth. So without that atmosphere, I think Jay White is one of the best heels in the world. I think he's so good. Abushi is brilliant. Jeff Cobb is one of my favorite wrestlers. I call him my favorite new wrestler, but I've been watching him for years. But you know, a guy that's on the up and up at the moment. Just It was just awesome. It really, really was. And to see Ibushi finally get his due after all of this time is just another awesome way of reminding you that long-term storytelling will always be the best. And I'm not going to call myself the biggest New Japan fan in the world, but I know that the people that are super passionate about it love this. And they love this like almost a crazy degree, which is what you want from these big shows. So yeah, thumbs up all around. Uh, New Japan rarely get it wrong with their Wrestle Kingdom shows. I mean, WrestleMania is usually not that bad, or uh, I don't know which one AEW is going with at the moment, double or nothing or whatever. You know, when you have these big shows, I find most companies absolutely smash it out of the park. I enjoyed it. And it wasn't too long. I think it was two and a half and two and a half on Monday and Tuesday over here, which is it was awesome to wake up on a Monday morning because of the time difference in the UK and get that kind of uh, sort of your wrestling fix. I mean, today was a bit nuts because it was like six hours of wrestling all in all with, with Raw. But again, it's a, it's a really cool thing that I'm able to do. So, yeah, it's just if you like New Japan Pro Wrestling, you've probably already watched it. There have probably been other Wrestle Kingdoms that would have been more accessible for people that wanted to get into it, but I guarantee that you'll still enjoy it regardless. So if you do have time to watch it and you need a bit of a distraction, then you absolutely should. There's nothing even I can say. Do I think they've gone a little bit too gaga with run-ins and ref bumps? Yes, I do. But I kind of got the impression that maybe we're moving away from that now. Not Bullet Club-wise, because that's their whole thing. But, you know, Evil versus Sonata is when it had one too many, uh, sort of a culminative effect. I was like, oh, not again. But even they had a great match, because they had a grudge match, and they wrestled it like a grudge match. Like, at one point, Evil tried to break Sonata's neck with chairs. And I was like, flipping Nora, you guys are crazy. Uh, and I haven't even talked about so many of the matches. Like, there were so, so many good matches uh, on the show that I've just kind of not even... Because they're just good. Just know that they were good. I'm trying to find my notes now because there's one I absolutely need. There it is. Yeah, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match. Uh, Takahashi and Ishimori. It is... I can't... I, I did it on ups and downs. I, I'll do it here too. I can't explain it to you because it's impossible without me just going, they did this move, then they did that move, then they did this move, then they did that move, then they did this move. I don't know how anybody can do a 25-minute match and keep up that pace. If you like that kind of wrestling, you need to watch it. They did a 450 onto somebody's arm. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did. It's like, what haven't we done? Well, we haven't done that. I'm going to do it. I don't even care if that wasn't intentional. And I saw one person go, oh, they botched the power bomb. How did they only botch one power bomb? They should have botched everything. <laughs> it's just so fast. So, uh, yeah, like it's, 
It's just absolutely crazy all around. If you like pro wrestling uh, or New Japan pro wrestling, you should should watch it. A couple of other things uh, news-wise. I saw that FTR had changed their finishing move to big... They're calling it the big rig now instead of um, the Goodnight Express. I thought that was really nice. And if you saw any of Dax Harwood's stories about the Hoobers, you will understand why. Proper, proper nice stuff. And his wife Amanda actually released something uh, telling us to stop the infighting and to stop bashing companies and that Luke Harper, as he was known then, certainly didn't help hate WWE. They just had different in- uh, visions for him. And that's something that I tried to get across in my video too. So, I mean, it's much more coming from her, obviously. Um, I thought it was worth mentioning that as well. Also worth mentioning that Cardi Cardi B got a massive kick out of being mentioned on Raw. She went on Twitter and got all mad at Vince McMahon. Like, this is how I didn't want to debut. And even said that she hasn't watched, hasn't watched for years. But she, I mean, she guess she has intentions in the future. WWE should probably try and sort that out. Like, if you get Cardi B on your show, I would imagine you get, I, I, I don't want to say you get the boost you get for doing a Legends, a Legends Night, but I don't know, man. I think it's a pretty big deal. Cardi B is a pretty big deal. And the other big news is that Marty Skrull has left Ring of Honor. It, I, I, I don't know this. I would assume that it comes down to everything that happened with the allegations made back in April or May or June, whenever it was. Uh, I don't want to comment more on them because I don't know the ins and the outs. I don't even know the stories. The rumor is that maybe WWE and New Japan are interested. Obviously, the pandemic is going to affect that. I'm not going to make any kind of a judgment call until I see what happens and what the situation was. I don't like it when you see people just trying to tie things together based on things that we don't know, and we don't know. And I will say that if everything we read is true, awful. (laughs) Of course, awful. I don't even think you need to say that, although I will. Absolutely abhorrent. And I'll never understand why anybody does this kind of a thing. But before we get there... I think we just need to sit back, relax, and play and play some Nintendo. And on that note, we shall get to the questions. I say, but I haven't got the questions open because I'm a moron. Uh, we all know this is no surprise to anybody listening. There we go. Boom. And we will start with Dustin, who says, We have a Legends Night. Oh, Dustin, my man, too. We have a Legends Night if they're just... So why do we have a Legends Night if they're just random background characters? I'm not expecting them to wrestle, but they could do a promo in the ring. It was all backstage or on the ramp. Teddy Long was the most utilized <laughs> discuss. I totally agree with you. I don't think that we uh, should be doing it abs- at all like that. I don't think it works. Um, if you listen to the Wrestling Observer today, they were talking about the difference between how WWE treats their Legends and how AEW treats their Legends. You know, a lot of the people we saw on Raw were kind of treated like jokes. Like the tanker, like I've already said, just stood there half naked, not doing anything. When they do Legends Night, it should be Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And then if they do another Legends Night, it should be other two people. Not only then can you go back to it, not too much, because, you know, you're still going to run that idea into the ground. But at least that way, you aren't... I don't know. It just it's just pointless. It's a marketing line, it's a promotional tagline, it's a it's a oh, quite a transparent way to try and get ratings. And you're right, the only person that really did anything was Goldberg in terms of going out there was Goldberg and Teddy Long. We didn't even get a Hulk Hogan entrance. Not that I personally need to see it, but I understand. I guess Ric Flair was out there too. But Ric Flair doesn't feel special. I mean, Ric Flair's one of the best ever, if not the best. But we only saw him like a few months ago. So you're not going to get super excited about it. In a way, I hope that it doesn't do as well as they often do because I think it will stop WWE going back to this well. They should be investing more of their time creating new legends now and not going back to the past. But yeah. 
Um, Tony says, what is the difference for you when comparing New Japan to WWE, AEW? Basically the same. Can you watch at a more reasonable hour? Well, like I said, I was able to watch Wrestle Kingdom at sort of half eight in the morning over here, which was nice. But no, I treat them all the same. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I don't stay up for the... Well, I do sometimes, but more often than not, I don't stay up for the 1am shows because I get tired and then that affects my judgment. I like to have a good night's sleep or as best as I can and then wake up. So, no, I treat them all the same. Most shows I will start watching at around about half six, half seven. So half six, seven am in the morning. I don't do it on two speed or anything like that. I watch it as everybody else would watch it and I just make notes and then I go back through my notes. And um, I, I, But I treat... No one believes this, <laughs> especially in the comments, but I treat every show with the same amount of respect i don't like wwe more than AEW, more than new japan i like them well i don't even i don't even think about it like that i just watch the show and go did i like it or did i not like it i may have bias towards certain wrestlers because i like them but that's called being a fan <laughs> it's the same way people were like oh we should have used well we'll tie into the show it's why some people were annoyed that luke harper wasn't given a bigger push in wwe because they're biased towards luke harper it's one word you can use another one would be fan so no i try and treat them all the same uh adita says what should wwe do with biggie in the next few months to elevate both him and the ic title uh I, this is a kind of a silly answer but i mean it treat him like roman reigns i don't mean make him the tribal chief and the head of the table but make him a big deal make him defend the title make him care about the title put him you know make it so ever so obvious that we're shining a spotlight on him and when you do do that, automatically people will go, well, I should care about Big E and I should care about this title. One of the reasons people cared about the title in the 90s is because the wrestlers cared about it. And sometimes, not in recent memory, but certainly during that, that bad period, sort of in the early 2000s, when WWE just retired the Intercontinental Championship, it, it just didn't feel like that at all. It felt like it was almost an annoyance for these people to have it. So that's what you need to do. You just need to make sure that it's an integral part of the show and something that you look forward to and not something that's just going to be easily ignored. There was a time, I think when Shinsuke Nakamura was the Intercontinental Champion, I forgot who was the champ because they just never would mention it. And you would never do that with the World Championship. And so you shouldn't do it with the IC title ever. Um, don't forget as well, the, IC, the Intercontinental Championship was only invented because WWE used to run house shows way back in the day. And they would have a show A and a show B that would run simultaneously. So the world champion would headline show A, but they needed a belt to headline show B, so they brought in the IT title, and that's why they had to make it a big deal, because otherwise people wouldn't buy tickets. Obviously, they don't have that issue anymore, but they should still be giving it the same amount of importance. Otherwise, why even have it on TV, right? Why even have it on TV? Uh, Peter says, do you think the Drew Goldberg match will last longer than it will take to read this question out? I actually think it will, Peter. I'm going to look like a moron. I'm going to get all of this wrong. I think it's going to... Not, I don't think it's going to break 10 minutes, but I think it's going to be a good five minutes, maybe sort of five to eight minutes of heavy hitting action. But there's every chance I'm being well too nice about it. <laughs> Fedora, in general, what are your feelings about WWE bringing legends in for their show simply to bring up ratings? Personally, I find it annoying. I think we've kind of talked about that. It is just a marketing grab. Uh, Thomas Speller, my man, says, as a fellow YouTuber, I would want to interview you post-pandemic. Is that something you'd be interested in? Any advice to help me grow? I know we should focus on one topic, but that would bore me after a while. Uh, I'm always up for an interview, man. We can probably do it over Skype, although I sound like such an asshole. I, my, I am crazy busy at the moment. I hate saying that. It's like, oh, so busy, are you? But it's true. But we can always find five, ten minutes. In terms of the, the YouTube thing, I actually do think it's best that you focus on one thing. If you had asked me this a couple of years ago, I would have disagreed. But I think you are more likely to get consistent views if people know what your channel is bringing them. Not only does it mean they keep an eye out for it more 
when they are looking through their subscription feed but you're not going to diversify your audience too much now don't get me wrong after you find some success doing that one thing then you can be more varied and you can diversify but at first i think you need a topic and i think you need to bring the people to your yard for their milkshakes for one certain thing and then slowly broaden out I think if you watch any of the successful YouTubers, and again, I'm not saying my YouTube has been massively successful, but ever since I started focusing on the fitness stuff, which was not the plan, if anybody is interested, I found that it worked. And beforehand, I was a bit like you. I just wanted to throw all my crazy thoughts and adventures up on there. And I'm sure that I can start doing that again soon. But first, you need to build that base. And I think it's really important. Uh, Amy says, 2021, a new year, a keen slate, a world of possibilities. What would be your dream matches for this year? Any wrestler, any promotion, any stipulations? Well, I mean, Kenny Omega versus a Roman Reigns or a Drew McIntyre or Seth Rollins would always be up there because I think it would be awesome uh, if you could do something or you could Kenny, Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi. I don't think I would get as excited about that as some, but if you've got all the stuff that they've done in Japan, you absolutely would. And I would love to see it. Do not get me wrong. Um, if you could do something like a Cody versus a Triple H, <laughs> I certainly would get it. A Cody versus Triple H in like a some kind of old school match, like a texas bull rope match or something i would get a massive a massive kick out of that otherwise in terms of you keep the promotions where they are i think you've got to build up to hangman page versus kenny omega although you could actually try and hold that off to 2022 if you wanted and in wwe dream matches are kind of hard to come by because they don't really build them up that much if we did roman versus drew for both belts and the winner actually became the one overall world champion i think that would be great i think that's something that wwe should do now i know they're not going to do it but in terms of their ratings being in a slump and not heading the direction they need to i actually think that would help massively i would love to see it billy if wwe brought the, ugh, if bub start that one again if wwe brought back the mixed match challenge uh, and you could put a team together who would you choose Oscar and Matt Riddle. Don't know where that came from, but Riddle's weird. Oscar's weird. Together, they would be super weird. And that's my favorite thing in the world. Mitchell says, are you happy with what you have accomplished in a wrestling ring so far? And where do you want to go going forward? Well, to be honest with my man, I just want to be able to wrestle. I started accepting bookings in the first quarter of this year, kind of thinking that these weren't going to go ahead. But I thought, well, so yes, and, and we'll see where we go. And then, yeah, as I'm recording this podcast 24 hours ago, Boris Johnson locks us all down. And there they go. They've been cancelled because of course they have. We're not going to get out of this until March at the earliest. And then there's going to be an extended period after that when we get back to normal. It is something not that I struggle with. That's too much. Uh, that's too That's too uh, intense. But, you know, last year when the pandemic came and everything stopped, I pretty much had at least two wrestling matches all the way from March throughout the end of the year. I even had stuff booked in January. And my big idea tying into your question was to see where I got to, see what I could achieve, see what momentum I was able to find, and then kind of take stock. And then hopefully use all of that to step up to a next level and start going after bigger promotions and saying, hey, can I come Can I come wrestle a match? Instead, for the last, what was it, April, May, June, July, August, September, November, 10 months, essentially, shit. Last 10 months, I've done nothing and I can't do anything because even if you wanted to go train, schools were only open here, there, here, there before they closed again. So it has put a massive spanner in the works, but it's also given me some perspective. And right now, what I want to do is I want to get back to resting. I want to do as many shows as I can again, but also I just want to have fun, like Cindy Lauper. I just want to enjoy it. I just want to go out there and be me. I kind of think maybe I was holding back a little bit because it is nerve wracking and you're, you know, you're trying to, to find yourself within it. So that's what I want to do. And I still want to see how far I can take it, but I think it's going to be a little bit different. But yeah, 
I just want to wrestle. That's my new my new goal is keep it simple, stupid, and I just want to wrestle. Uh, Liam says, with the rumors suggesting that Goldberg used his influence backstage to change the finish of his match with The Fiend, do you think he will put Drew over or do you think he will do the same again? Well, it wouldn't have happened without Vince McMahon, right? Vince McMahon stared The Undertaker in the eye and said, you're losing at WrestleMania 30. So I don't massively buy into that rumor. And I do not believe, and I could be wrong. I said it ups and downs. I'll say it here. I do not believe in any universe that we are going to have Drew McIntyre lose that match when he has done oh so well the last 12 months. It would be ridiculous. It'd be counterproductive. Not Goldberg's fault if he does win. That comes down to the people that make that decision. So no, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be fun. And I think we can move on to something else, whatever that may be at WrestleMania. Uh, Lester says, what one big change do you think WWE could make to turn the corner of getting back fans watching again? One world champion. I mean, that's not going to get fans watching again, but I think it streamlines the product a lot. And just investing in long-term storytelling. Look at all of the stuff we talk about that we like mainly. And I get we're hardcore fans, but still, I think long-term stories is something a casual fan would enjoy as well. Sasha Banks and Bailey in New Japan, the rise of Kota Ibushi. Hangman and Omega in... Uh, so Hangman... Yeah, Hangman and Omega in, in AEW. All of these things took time. You could even argue that Drew McIntyre's thing took time. He won the Rumble. He took down Lesnar. He established his legacy. Look at Jey Uso and, and Roman Reigns. Look at Kevin Owens. Now, the Kevin Owens thing is a little bit different because they're clearly booking this week to week. Otherwise, I don't think you would have done the two matches like you did. But it's still fine. It still works. It's still enjoyable. So I think we need more of that in wrestling. And I think after a while, it's going to take time, though. If you want to go back to that, it's only going to take six months to a year, which means you can have six months to a year of finances on your back, on shareholders on your back, on the network on your back saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And you have to make them believe in the project. We have to push new stars. We have to run the risk of people getting so big that maybe they leave professional wrestling, like The Rock, Dave Batista, John Cena. We have to take those risks. Otherwise, we're always going to be stuck in a rut trying to make the three that wwe is the marquee name right now but wwe can only take you so far it's a stars driven business and of course you need other factors around that but at the moment i kind of feel like we hold people down because you know we are worried about them leaving but you gotta let them spread their wings man because one way or another they'll, they'll do it anyway and my man james good to see you james do you think stars like will osprey or jay white would actually work within the wwe landscape modern wwe landscape or would they be lost in the shuffle like ricochet and riddle i mean they would be if they were treated the same way which is why a lot of people don't want to go there ricochet and riddle could be as big or as small as you wanted them to be it all depends about how they're featured on television and ricochet is kind of in this meandering program with retribution riddle is sort of the mid-card comedy character which is fine i find it very entertaining but it's not the person that he was on the indie scene and it's certainly not the potential that we thought he had and you could take a hulk hogan and make that happen i know some people go well he'll rise out of good booking would he would he rise out of good booking let's say hulk hogan's first angle in wwe was katie vick I think he'd struggle from, from then on out. So it, it, presentation is everything. Wins and losses are important, even though, yes, they're not important at the same time. It's um, it's just, I don't get it. And I don't get it. And sometimes, like, you know, on this episode of Raw, having like 72 roll-up finishes, it's almost like the left hand isn't talking to the right. And I can't understand how that could continually happen, especially when the chips are down. If everything's going great, then who gives a flip, right? You may as well just carry on as usual, but it's not. And you need a change, and yet we don't change. And that's what I find a bit confusing. Uh, Benjamin says, do you think they'll stop the brand split anytime soon? I mean, it doesn't really exist, to be honest, Ben. Uh, do I think they will? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Aisha says, two questions. If AEW Impact New, uh, New Japan cross-promotion, also New Pro goes cross-promotion goes extremely well, do you see WWE getting involved? Absolutely not. No way. WWE are an island unto themselves. They want to be the only wrestling game in town. 
they will just see it as a bigger form of competition to try and crush like Mother Russia. And would you ever consider coming on my podcast and doing a wrestling segment? Yeah, well, I'll go back. I'll refer to what I said earlier. I'm very busy. I know, asshole, piece of crap. But if we can make something work, I'm always... It's, it's lovely that you asked. And it still blows my brain a little bit that people would want that. So absolutely. Phil, how many titles is the right amount for WWE? One world champion, one mid-card champion. So you have to put the IC and the US together and one tag team champion. And you can have a women's champion and same for the men and women. So one top tier, one middle, one tag team. Exactly the same for the women. Move on. Whoopsie daisy. Eleanor, what are your predictions for the Royal Rumble? That's a good question. I'd like to say Keith Lee, but I don't believe it's going to... I'd like to say Keith Lee and Bianca Belair, but I just don't believe it. More Bianca Belair than Keith Lee. I don't think Keith Lee's going to win it. And then you... Maybe Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan could do it, and that way he gets Roman Reigns. That's a cool little story. I will go Daniel Bryan and Bianca Belair. These are my calls. Although, well, Bianca Belair has been losing a lot, and that is usually what WWE does before they get a big win. Maybe. We will see. Jay Miller, how do you book the entrance of Ryback when he joins AEW? Well, I get a bit disappointed that AEW hired Ryback. <laughs> I used to really like Ryback. And then he continually says really strange stuff on his Twitter feed. And it gives me all the fear. Ryback blocked me for a tweet that wasn't even about him. <laughs> someone, someone just decided a tweet that I had written was about Ryback. I didn't write his name anywhere in it or at him. Somebody else replied, oh, he's talking about you. And he just blocked me. It wasn't about him. I'll never understand that to say the least, but, you know, wishing death on Vince McMahon or saying the world will be better when he's dead. I just don't agree with that. I don't agree. Let's say that Vince McMahon is the worst person ever. I'm not saying that he is. Let's just Bob, right? Bob is the worst person ever. You don't lower yourself to Bob's level by saying, well, I hope he dies. That's not how life works. And it's just kind of soured me on, on Ryback a little bit. And what does he care what I think? I totally understand that. But I'm just saying as a fan that used to enjoy his stuff in WWE, I just don't get a lot of what he says. I find it very negative, which is strange because his whole thing is about positivity. <laughs> so I would rather not see him. But look, I, I don't want anyone not to get a job either. If he gets one and they think he can help, then hell yeah, good for him. Uh, Sterling says, what wrestler entrance do you think would go with a Hail to the Sun song? I don't know what that means, but I appreciate the question. Uh, Giles says, what is the best wrestling film you've seen, documentary or fiction? I mean, probably Beyond the Mat. Wrestling with Shadows is very, very good too. Uh, the rest of the movie is very good as well. There's probably other things that I'm not thinking about, uh, but they're the first ones that uh, come to my mind. Uh, skinny white dude says, why don't you talk your dad out of his championship match at the Royal Rumble against Drew? He wouldn't listen to me. Nobody listens to me. Uh, McCompton says, which one past man and woman of wrestling do you feel would make a bigger impact in this era? Well, I don't want to say that she didn't because she did, but Gail Kim absolutely would smash it in this era. She was such a good wrestler. Uh, and maybe if Dolph Ziggler came along now, he would do a bit better. Although I think that was mostly the, the, the booking that screwed him up. I think he could have been good. He could have been good uh, when, whenever. Uh, it takes a revolution to make a solution, says Honestly, Simon. What is your end game in pro wrestling? <laughs> Lots of questions about this. Are you comfortable doing what you do now? Or do you want uh, to be behind the scenes in a larger setting? Uh, well, I never want to be behind the scenes. I like being in front of camera. That's one of my favorite things to do. Probably sounds massively arrogant, but it's true. Uh, if it turns about being in the ring, I just want to get better. We talked about it, everything I said earlier. And in terms of what I want to do in front of camera, I just want to, I just look, I'm a very opportunity driven dude. I always want to get better at what I do. I never want to peak. I always want to search for new opportunities. 
Um, and I always want to feel like I'm evolving and moving somewhere. And that's true for pro wrestling. It's true for my lifting weights. It's true for my life. So I'm hoping that 2021 presents a lot of those and we can just take them whenever the hell they need to go. That would be a lot of fun for me. Uh, Joshua says, instead of focusing on Raw, let's have an elongated discussion on Wrestle Kingdom 15 instead. I don't think I could have an elongated discussion. I thought it was really good and lots of people fell on their skulls. That's pretty much my summary of the whole thing, but I did like it a lot. Greg says, do you think the factions war would work better with Undisputed Era and British faction and a British faction of Pete Dunne um, and then calling them up to the main roster to take on the Hurt Business and Retribution? Again, these are all, these are all talented people. It's, it's just about how you use them and what stories you put them in. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. And if it's good, it's good. Like if I told you the Nexus idea, you may have gone, meh, sounds average. But it worked because of the execution, and it ended badly because of the John Cena stuff. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter who it is. It's about what you do with them, which is why sometimes you can take someone who you didn't think would have a lot of talent or doesn't seem to show that potential and absolutely smashes it because you give them a character, you give them a story, and everything comes, um, everything comes together. Uh, we'll do a couple more... Um, to the Grant Perkins. How excited are you to be working with UKPW underscore wrestling? And how hard are you going to kick Doe Jones' ass? Well, I am very excited to be working with them. Uh, yeah, that's something they put out the other day. United Kingdom Pro Wrestling, really good dudes, uh, based in the southeast over here in the UK. And yeah, when they can run shows, I've chatted to everybody there, and we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to do just that. I'm going to. Have, you know, it's great to know there's another company that is very happy to bring me in and give me some experience, and I'll kick everybody's ass. I mean, it's not true. If you go through my win loss record, I lost a lot. <laughs> but it's okay because wins and losses don't matter in wrestling we know this but no anybody that wants to put me on their card i'm very very appreciative of and i look forward uh, look forward to that um timothy says do you think wrestling will ever become popular again and if so which promotion will do this well it's not unpopular like, you know, social media-wise, there's a lot more... I think a lot more people are aware of wrestling now, but that's probably true for a lot of sports and, and forms of entertainment. Um, I, 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 the thing is, there's a lot more niches nowadays than there used to be, because there can be, again, because of the world has, has changed and evolved. Do I think WWE is going to be as big as it was in the, early, uh, the late 80s and late 90s? I mean, it probably will be just because of the law of averages, but I don't know when. I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, I hope that it does. I hope Raw gets more viewers and SmackDown and AEW and Rock of Honor. I hope everybody is successful. But at the moment, I don't see where that pathway is, or even if there is a pathway. Again, there's lots of things that kind of exist on just below the radar that are super successful, and maybe that's what wrestling is. I, I think it has bigger potential for that. Um I think what AEW doing is going to resonate with a lot of people uh, because it feels more real. Does that make kind of sense? Real is not the right word. It feels. I mean, WWE feels very produced, and which is fine. I like. I like the WWE production, but there's a sort of a grittiness to AEW. I really don't know, but I think that it helps. I hope that it helps everybody. That would be my. That would be my 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 hope. Uh, Carl says, "How would you recommend getting into New Japan for a lapsed wrestling fan that only knows AEW and Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression, WWE? Just start watching. The best thing to do is just start watching and then just make notes. So if Coach Ibushi comes up, just." type it into google or there'll be you know especially around wrestle kingdom there's probably a bunch of new ones you will find um so many articles with people trying to catch you up on this stuff so 
it, it, that's the best thing to do is just associate yourself with the product and then after a while you just start to learn these people oh, it's that guy it's that guy he's involved in this feud it's like I always used to keep up with impact but mostly I would read results on the internet because I just didn't have time and then when we decided to start doing ups and downs for it, I started watching it and now I'm way more acquainted with everybody and I get it and it will be the same for you you just have to dive in and you'll soon know if you like it or not again as soon as somebody gets dropped on their neck you'll be like did I enjoy that and if you did it's probably for you but it is uh, it's a very fun I think fun's the wrong word. It is fun. It's also very intense <laughs> and very, very crazy. Uh, Zach says, Do you prefer to be a face or a heel? And which is easier to sell to a crowd? Well, Zach, to date, I've only been allowed to be a heel once, and that wasn't by. That was just by one of those crowds that decided they were going to boo me because I was up in Scotland and I was British or UK, English. And that made it, and that made it well easy. Uh, this was the other annoying thing about the pandemic is that a couple of companies that said they would turn me heel and I was very excited about it, but it never happened. So I've only been a face and I think most people say this and you kind of get the idea. It's always harder to be a good guy. So getting people to like you is a difficult task, right? Especially when you're just coming out in your pants and you've got to do something to try and get people on your side. Whereas as a heel, you can tell someone they're a mother hubbard and, and you're in that book straight away. I do... I know some of my stories that were meant to happen and hopefully they will happen this year. And if they do, then yes, I would get to play bad guy and I would look for... I think that would be good for me as well because then I can start to disassociate myself with my... We'll call it a YouTube persona, although I hate that term. And then hopefully I can find sort of more of a realistic character in wrestling. I would like that a lot. Again, one of my plans. And sadly, it was taken away but not for long. Uh, Sav D, what do you think of the promo that Ali cut on Raw Talk? I love everything that Mustafa Ali does. And everyone go tweet him now and tell him that WWE should push him in the main event because they should. Eric says, is there any way you could do a wrestle culture with the lads? I don't really think they need me. I mean, I would do. I'd be honored to be, I would honored be to be do it, but they don't need me. They're smashing it each and every week. I don't, they don't, they don't need the board a hole whatsoever. Uh, Naturally Healish says, will CM Punk wrestle in 2021? My gut would be no, but I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, Ram K says, is Goldberg going to be the rating monster WWE thinks he is? No, just because the majesty has worn off a little bit. And that's not his fault. That's how life works. You see him once, it's amazing. You see him three, four, five, six times. Every time it's going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit um, worse is the wrong word. But it's just going to go downwards. It's the same with everything. It, it, it just so is. Um, Joshua says, hey, Simon, was this week's Raw the worst Raw of all time? No, <laughs> this bit far 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 worse uh roars i remember that awful one from 2018 2019 i can't remember i just remember that it was, it was it was pretty pretty damn bad and finally everyone wants to talk about goldberg simply having a wonderful i can't even read that says have we seen enough of your dad goldberg on wwe tv and can you pick when he should have retired well i will never do that this is a good one to end on uh this ties into the whole undertaker stuff too nobody <laughs> You could have an opinion on when somebody should have retired, but just put yourself in their shoes for 30 seconds. If you are Bill Goldberg and the phone rings, ring, ring, and it's Vince McMahon, hey, pal, and he says, I'm going to pay you millions of dollars, and I want you to come back and main event the Royal Rumble. You don't go, no, because somebody may be mad at me on the internet. You say, absolutely, aren't I a lucky boy that I'm still able to continue to do this well into my 50s? Now, that doesn't mean you as a fan can't go, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see that. That's your right. That's absolutely your right. But personally, I am never going to tell someone when they should have retired. Even if they're ruining their legacy or even if they're past their prime, they're obviously getting something from it. It obviously fills something up in their stomach that they don't get from anywhere else. You're a long time retired too. And 
take the undertaker right i don't think regardless what the undertaker does now it's going to affect my love of the undertaker he has given me countless amazing memories and they will stay it kind of ties into star wars people got all the prequels ruined star wars no they didn't i don't think so anyway four five and six will always be four five and six no matter what they do with one two and three or seven eight and nine and that's just the way I see it. So if The Undertaker wants to come back, even though you may roll your eyes, he should do it. If Goldberg wants to come back, even though you may roll your eyes, he should do it. I just, I don't think you should. I talked about it earlier. It's an opportunity-based life as far as I'm concerned. And as soon as you shut yourself off to those things, you're closing that massive door on all these incredible things that can happen to you. So I don't think he should have retired simply because he hasn't and therefore he doesn't want to. And I know that I stand alone on this hill when it comes to it, but I just don't want to stand here and tell other people what to do. I don't want to get to my mid-50s or early 60s in the case of Sting and have somebody tell me, oh, you should go away now. I don't want to go away. Why are you telling me to go away? So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's my thoughts on that. And I look forward to my Twitter feed being absolutely blown up with people calling me an asshole. But it's true. I get it every day and I can absolutely handle it. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up again. We'll be back on Thursday, the 7th, unless something terrible happens, but I doubt it will do. Also, I am just trapped in my house. We will talk about AEW, talk about NXT. We'll answer some more questions. And I'm sure some things will have happened in the news because you can't get through 24 hours in this crazy business without some news dropping. Otherwise, again, I think it's simonmiller.bigcartel.com for merch. That sounds right. Simon Miller on YouTube, at simonmiller316 on all social media platforms if you are listening for the first time why don't you give it a subscribe give me a five star review i'd appreciate that as well shout out the pins and knuckles.com for always supporting me and otherwise thank you to you for giving me well, it's quite a short one this week but just less than an hour of your time i appreciate that i know you only have so many entertainment hours in the day and again i'll be back in around about 48 hours to do it all again